Well, good morning. Breakfast of the Broker every Tuesday. Listen, uh, we have another exciting guest. Boys and girls around the world, this is the moment you all have been waiting for. Let's get ready to broker by way of Jupiter, Florida. She is the principal and OG of the Meyer Lucas real estate team at Compass. She graduated from the University of Tennessee. Good old Rocky Top. Woo. Rocky Top, Tennessee. <laughs> Go Vols. Go Vols. Uh, roll Tide. She's oh, a two-time oh, breakfast with the broker interviewee. Her hometown is Munich, Germany. She's an entrepreneur, celebrity, a leader, mama, baseball wife, and she is one unfiltered MF. Stand up and make some noise for the one and only Holly Meyer <laughs> Lucas. What an intro. How do we even follow that? My goodness. Uh, you got some stuff to I say. I have you a couple couple questions. Stuff. First of all, you went to, did you go to Alabama? I did. I didn't know that. I, uh, you wouldn't have taken this podcast probably. I feel like that week is going to be fun this fall. <laughs> yeah. Like I, oh, I love a good rivalry. Oh, that's, and Tennessee's really going to come with it this year. I know, right? And, We're actually uh, good. And Alabama, we'll see. I feel like well, I didn't do the uh, the Rocky Top woo enough uh, justice, so I, I'm uh, I'm going to be thinking about that for the next <laughs> four days. Woo! <laughs> Could have given it a better woo. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on Breakfast with the Broker for the second time. I appreciate it. Um, so you talked a little bit about an insurance panel that was on uh, last night at uh, or um, a couple of days ago, or actually it was last night. So when we're recording or whatever, but, uh, WPTV, um, and tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, how that panel went and, uh, what you're seeing in the insurance market, um, as it pertains to a realtor. Yeah. So they asked me to be the like real estate expert on this panel with, uh, with, uh, Senator Polsky, um, state representative Overdorf. And, um, the panel was specifically about the insurance crisis that we're seeing here in South Florida, which impacts the housing market in every which way it touches not only buyers and sellers and homeowners, but it's landlords and tenants and um, our entire, I mean, it's no secret to us because we work in real estate, right? Like it's in a total, total crisis right now. Um, but I think that, uh, that it's really important that we understand what the issues are and what the legislation has done recently. Um, I myself am constantly learning about, uh, I think insurance is one of the areas that in real estate that we, um, we learn from, you know, various vendors coming to the office, like various, you know, insurance guys coming to the office this is how like everybody learns about insurance, right. In real estate, if we're being real sure. and, um, and getting into like the nitty gritty of what's impacting homeowners right now and understanding what homeowners options are, if they get dropped or if their, their premiums increase, Have, has your homeowners insurance gone up? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Way up. Yeah. You it's know, like crippling. And, and, um, I, I think it went up by about 40%, which is mostly what, what most people are either being dropped yeah. or, or it's going down 40%. And, and to give you an insurance story as crazy as is, um, I was actually with the, um, the state insurance uh, commissioner, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. And, um, and so what I told him, I told him the story of, of my house. So when I, I went to sell my house, um, and I called my insurance broker and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm really worried that my new buyer prospective buyer is not going to be able to get insurance on my 28 year old roof. And he said, well, the 28 year old roof's not the issue, but you have polybutylene piping oh, and you cannot, there's no insurance market for it. Yeah. So you have to literally replace the pipes in order to sell your house. Otherwise the buyer can't get insurance yep. and there's no like, 
you know, before it used to be like a 30 day policy and you could do it for 30 days. No, it's going to be done before closing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, luckily, I, you know, I have the means to do that. Yeah. But, but what if you didn't, you right. know, and I think as real estate agents, like that's the, that's the exact thing that we need to be keeping in, in full focus, like fixed incomes and, um, and it, what, how, what's happening right now, it's funny, polypenolene pipes. I feel like every real estate agent that has been doing any business in South Florida has had that happen where it's yeah. like how you look at your seller and you're like, how did you not know this? Right. And then you as a broker, like you didn't even know, like that's no, but, so funny. But I knew that I had polybutylene because oh, I you bought didn't? it as polybutylene. So oh, I, knew, I knew it had, I had polybutylene. Oh, I thought you were saying you didn't know. No, but I have insurance. I have existing insurance yeah, yeah, yeah. on Got my it. polybutylene. Citizens yeah. will not take any new policies with yeah. polybutylene. So that was the issue. It wasn't that I didn't, you know, obviously know about it, but a lot of people don't. That happens all the time. Yeah. Though. Like no. the sellers have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think also just navigating, um, I mean, you just, you just said it perfectly, like navigating the insurance um, situation right now, it's, we are faced as real estate agents in the middle of a transaction when someone is planning a move, they're under contract, there's money in escrow, um, inspection periods coming to an end. And now we need to negotiate something to be able to mitigate the the insane cost of insurance. It's an, it's new territory for us uh, on the real estate side. And I think our industry in general is getting, uh, getting really creative with how to negotiate, to make deals, to enable deals to get to the finish line to begin with. But that's not to say that um, it, the bigger issue is Florida in general, just seeing an absolute like catastrophic level of, of, um, increase in premiums. And an influx of people, right? Yeah. So, you know, with the, you know, in, you know, the crazy, you know, all the natural disasters that are coming with all the influx of people with the housing shortage, with the inventory going low, the interest rates going up, there's a lot of pressure on a, on a lot of areas. I mean, we've saw probably, well, we definitely saw, you know, I hate that word, but unprecedented growth. Yeah, we did. In, in, in you know, the last few years since uh, the we pandemic. Did. The and pressure on the real estate agents to be able to navigate uh, the, con- like it is, the real estate scene is different now than it was in 2015 when I first started. And I think that the biggest takeaway, the the majority of your listeners, this is realtors, right? They listen to this? Uh, that- realtors, consumers, uh, I, I, we talk, you know, we we talked to everyone. So oh, cool. It, it does, doesn't My matter. Mom. You, you, you tell, <laughs> Got it. Okay. You, you, you can talk about, I just the, make bad, sure I'm talk about the bad realtor. Or, you know. <laughs> Don't <laughs> or the you bad worry. Consumer. I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure I was tailoring this answer because I think that um, <clears throat> if you're a real estate professional, there's so there's such an opportunity for you to educate yourself on what's happening right now and be that advocate for your clients, even if it's if if the answer is that there is no answer, you know, because their insurance has gone up five thousand dollars and they don't know what to do. You having an understanding of why it's gone up $5,000. And um, I, I think I would be remiss not to lean into the fact that I really think real estate agents need to educate themselves on what is happening in insurance right now. Sure. And they haven't had to do that before, right? So, no, I like mean, I said, like, I mean, how often, like, the insurance guy comes to the mm-hmm. office or the girl and right, you listen so. to them and it's a relationship play. And now it's like, every time I see an insurance person, I'm like, yo, tell me about <laughs> a set, what was it, assignment of benefits, like the right, legislation, exactly. tell me all about it. You know, what's an HO3 policy? What's it, you know? And, and, and people don't realize that, like, you know, not all realtors are created equal, right? Yeah, we no have doubt. we have fifty two percent of the one point five nine million NAR um, members um, that are realtors that don't do a single transaction in a year. Sixty six percent do three or less. So we're dealing with thirty four percent of the entire country that are realtors that are licensed realtors um, that don't do it. You know, don't 
through the business that we do, right? So the business that we do, you need to make sure that you have a professional real estate agent to navigate those obstacles. Because I, I could tell you right now, yeah, maybe you think you could do it on your own and maybe you can. And you know what? The first time you might be able to. Second time, you know, maybe it'll be a little tougher. But by that third or fourth or fifth time that you're doing to try and sell that, I guarantee you there's going to be an issue that you're not going to be able to solve and you're going to leave money on the table. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, I believe in in the value of having a real estate agent to my core. It's almost like to the point where I don't even like engaging in the in the like for sale by owner conversation and displaying or, or articulating what our benefit is because to me it's such a stupid thing to do. I always say that the Google search after something goes wrong on a transaction that you've represented yourself, the Google search is like that WebMD Google search when you're like, is this, yeah. you know, it's a bad thing. It's obviously eat. a brain tumor because we <laughs> right, had a headache. Right. We woke up with a headache. Right, right. <laughs> but when you're on your own at midnight and the buyer's like doing something weird and you're, you've represented yourself, yeah. like that Google search is a little scary. Like yeah. let, the, let the experience it, one handle it. It is. And, and you know, it's, it's experience. It's, you know, it's being specialized in that field. Um, I still believe, you know, somewhat of the foundation or the fundamental principles of where real estate is local, even though, you know, we might be able to sell 30 or 40 miles away. You know, are we able to uh, specialize in a 60 mile, 70, 80 mile? I don't know. I don't know what, you know, um, you know, now we have a lot more information than we used to. But my point is, is that it's important to pick the right real estate agent that's going to help you navigate those obstacles and challenges going on. Yeah, I can agree more. Yeah. So let's talk about NAR. Because NER has been in the news. <laughs> Lord and, have mercy. And, and, and after this podcast, I may or may not still be the incoming president for Broward Palm Beach and St. Lucie. Just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Um, no. So NER obviously has been in the news, right? Um, lots of lawsuits, uh, legislation that's come, you know, or um, litigation. It's a legend. Litigation's come out. Um, you know, we're dealing with the Sitzer uh, case. We're dealing with the Merle case. We're dealing with the, the leader case. We're dealing with, you know, um, uh, the Nasala case. So there's, a, there's basically four of them that are centered around one rule, you know, the, which is the foundation of what the multiplistic service has always been. Yep. It's cooperation, right? Mandatory offer of compensation uh, to be put in the, uh, in the MOS. You could put zero dollars. You could put a dollar. You could put penny. Whatever it is, but it's got to be. Uh, it's a required field. I'm interested because although you're you're semi involved in the association in the sense of you know growth and training and and you're called on you know to uh, media and a lot of events that you go to, um, I'm interested to hear what your take is on it. <laughs> that was a big question. Go sir. for it. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> knock yourself out. Um, okay. So a couple things. Uh, I intentionally uh, keep an arm's length from the leadership of our local association because I, my personality type and the type of leader that I am, I like to ask the tough questions and hold people accountable. And I think the highest and best use of my energy and, and what I bring to the table is actually not having me in a position within the association and that might change, but I, um, I firmly believe that leaders in our community having a similar approach to their relationship with the association. So, um, attending things 
as a member of our association is so important. It's so important because what happens when you attend various events is you meet people like you, like you and I have a personal relationship, right? So if something's getting weird, I pick up the phone and I call you and you tell me what's what, right? Sometimes on the record, sometimes off the record. So the time off the record. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, so, so I think that, uh, that if you're a new agent, if you're a veteran agent, and this applies to every industry, if there's a trade association that exists participating is the most important thing that you can do for the advocacy of your, of your industry and also for your clients, right? Being close to the bone in anything is super important. So talking about what NAR is dealing with right now, uh, NAR is so the National Association of Realtors is the the governing body that we need on the wall for it is the best possible thing for entity for us as an industry to have. And um, watching NAR weather the storm right now with these lawsuits is something that needs to happen. Like there's there's corruption in our industry for sure. sure. And I think that um, that this is brought to light um, at the expense of NAR, which is what it's there for to some extent. Sure. Um, it's brought to light the shenanigans that have happened and that we can and shouldn't, um, we should hold people accountable for uh, violating. <laughs> I don't want to get into the nitty gritties. Of no, the, no, no. The because so, it, I mean, it is a um, antitrust um, complaint, right? Right. Um, it is purporting that there's a violation of antitrust. So my thought is a little bit different, obviously. And, you know, and it's from, you know, maybe because I, I know a little too much, um, potentially. Um, but the basis of a antitrust, um, complaint or violation is that it's anti-competitive, right? And I would argue that the mandatory offer compensation is the opposite. It's, it's cooperative. So my personal opinion about this aligns with that completely. I do think though that um, personal opinions aside, now that we are in the middle of four lawsuits, um, potentially of, we have five things going on with the, with NAR right now, um, four fall under the same bucket. I think that it's important for real estate agents and, and anyone in the real estate world to, um, to support the organization as it weathers this storm, because it wouldn't make it, those lawsuits wouldn't have made it this far if there wasn't some value or some, um, some takeaway for society to, uh, for the, for realtors to adjust our practices, potentially voicing our personal opinions is really important. Like you and I having this conversation right now is really important because I align with, with you on this. Right. Um, but I also support our association and I think that, um, I think it's healthy and responsible for, and I'm not, I'm not condoning the lawsuits like whatsoever, but I do think that keeping us in check and letting the association do its thing and letting it run its course is what has to happen. Unfortunately. It is. And, and, you know, there's a, you know, with, you know, all the noise and all the, the lawsuits and, you know, um, and we'll get into the the fifth one in in a minute, but, um, you know, all the, uh, everything else and all that noise is really kind of caused a lot of people and a lot of members to look at the value of what NER does or doesn't do. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times people don't understand what that value of NER is. What's the value of NER for, a realtor member like yourself and a top producing member. I mean, you know, you are, you know, in the top 1%. I mean, this is not, you know, I'm not talking to someone who, you know, you know, even though you've only been in business since, you know, 2015, um, you, you do deals every day 
And yeah. so um, I would love to hear what the value of NER is to you. I love this question. So again, my vantage point is that of a top producer. I'm going to use your words here, not like an ego flex, but it, this is an important question. And it goes back to why I keep an arm's length in terms of like being a part of leadership. It's important for me to be a participating member and for me to voice my opinion. When I speak, people listen. And I hate saying it like that, whether it's just my it's team, it is true. Whether it's just my team in the office or within my brokerage, like I carry a big stick. And I think it's really the value that NAR provides to me, both the National Association of Realtors and the local associations, um, it's the curation of information that everyone has on an equal playing field. It's the events, it's the access to to people like yourself and you know all the other people that are in leadership positions for people like me to, again, ask you whether it's on the side or not, but me in a leadership position going, yo, what do you think about this? Like, what's going on here? Like, I have a direct line to you because of the association. You sure. and I would be, in theory, competitors otherwise, right? Yeah. And so it creates a um, an agnostic way of of uh, being in the same boat. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, real estate business has been built on cooperation. Yeah. Right? And so we continue to cooperate and, uh, and, um, and looking towards, um, you know, other bodies that are helping us, you know, cooperate. So one thing that I would love to see the um, NAR and, uh, and our local association to take on is, um, is how agents, like when agents switch brokerages and, you know, or, or move between teams, how we hold those brokerages accountable for holding up each other's agreements. I think they're the biggest, like if you ask any real estate leader, you know, how things have gone in the last 10 years, right? Housing markets have been bananas and the competition has been fiercer than ever to retain agents. And I think a big product of, of bridges burned and, um, and relationships just getting torched comes because an agent leaves brokerage A and goes to brokerage B and broker A has an agreement with that agent and broker B doesn't want to uphold that agreement or has convinced the agent that they don't need to uphold their independent contractor agreement. There are so many lawsuits out there that, you know, we're now, a, let's say it's a team leader at brokerage A is trying to hold that agent accountable. Um, and the competition that, that like the nastiness that, that happens there, I think can be, um, I think it's now become an association wide problem, like in terms of the code of ethics, like there, it's torches interference for like, if one of my agents went to your brokerage and you declined to uphold the ICA that I have with them, um, not only is that a, like the agent ultimately is the one that's responsible for, you know, making sure that I am paid on deals or, you know, whatever. But I do think that holding our brokers to a higher standard to, like cut the shenanigans out is, um, is something Yay. that our association could do. I'm in. <laughs> right? So, I mean, and, and, and I've been saying this quite a bit, right? Brokers need to be held, you know, not just to a higher standard, but held liable yeah. for a lot of their actions. Uh, you know, we look around our landscape. Uh, we, you know, although the real estate community, we have, what, 230,000 realtors in the state of Florida. We have 42,000, you know, realtors in the, or 39,000 realtors in, in Broward, Palm Beach and St. Lucie realtors. We have 60,000 in Miami association realtors. It's so crazy when you, you say know, it it's, a, like that. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's nuts, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of saturation. That's Neyland Stadium. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, Brian Denny. <laughs> <laughs> now it's Brian Denny. Um, no, but, I mean, when you're looking at the amount of realtors that are there and the brokers that are, you know, we used to have an agreement that you were not allowed to recruit. Yeah. Like, like literally that was one of the fabric of the code of ethics. Yeah. You were not allowed to recruit each other's agents. Um, now it's, you know, 
you know, that's what I was saying. Like in the last 10 years, like forget it. Yeah. And I think that the, the problem, the biggest problem is the relationships that get torched at the leadership level. Like I hate it when a fellow leader doesn't uphold their end of, of, what my, or, or lets an agent get out of an agree because it, it ultimately makes me go, Oh, really? Like now I have to burn a bridge with you and take you to court. And it sucks. It's so annoying. And I think that what, um, it, it's a big time suck. Like, I feel like if you got 10 realtors in the room, we would all, you know, talk about this thing or that thing, but a common denominator, sorry, not realtors, team leaders and brokers, a common denominator would be about this one agent that did this one thing, this one time, and ultimately what it comes down to is the broker on the receiving end, unless they lost their license, but the broker on the receiving end doing right by the original team leader or broker. And I think it's, it's something that could be easily, in my opinion, easily put into action. You know, the code of ethics should put that back in play. Yeah, it won't happen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, I think that brokers are too competitive. Um, they're used to um, agent, you know, we used to have a, a and, and maybe this is the reason why, if you, if, if you really want to go, um, we used to have an agent or a broker centric model, right? Brokers um, pay for all the services, all the overhead agent gets 50% puts their license, not hangs their license. I hate that. Term. I hate that term. Um, like, you know, is, you know, forms a partnership with that, with that brokerage, mm-hmm decides to work with them and they get 50% or 60% or in, in and around that range. Well, now we're at a point where we still pay for everything. We still have all the liability as a broker. And now we are at 93% or 94% to the agent and 6% to us. Yeah. So it's become an agent centric model. And now you're supposed to give revenue share and you're supposed to give stock certificates and you're supposed to, you know, um, you know, uh, figure out a way to go from title to mortgage to ancillary services and agents are always having their hand up. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and, I think that the, um, I think that that's all very, very true. And that's a, a major thing for brokerages and for broker leaders. Um, I think that, one thing on top of that is the general energy that goes into fighting this stuff. And so if we can create a level playing field, like I hate having to pay, I've just, I'm in the process of suing two agents right now. And I hate having to pay my attorney to do that. Right. If the receiving broker would just do the right thing and uphold the agreement that we all agree is a valid agreement, then we wouldn't have that problem. Right. And on the receiving end too, like I always, always go out of my way to make sure that if I, if an agent is moving to my team that I'm reaching out to that either former team team leader or broker and asking them for a copy of their agreement so I can do right by them. And it's like, to me, that should be the standard. It should be the standard operating procedure. (laughs) Like it's like a bare minimum. But but that's also why you're successful and some of the other ones are not. So when a lot, a lot of times, you know, there are people out there that just, you know, worry about, you know, short-sightedness and, and, yeah. and you know, the you know, small picture versus big picture. And they said, well, I need, I'm going to have this agent and, and that agent's worth $6,000 a year or $10,000 yeah. a year for me. And so I don't really care about them because I don't have But how much more valuable is the, how, so if the agent is worth, let's say $6,000 a year, right? How much more valuable is the broker relationship? Like at the top, you know, because we're, we're, helping each other bring buyers and sellers to the table. So I will tell you this. I, um, there's probably not a whole lot of people that don't like me as far as, as a relationship and reputation. Yeah. Um, I'm also not the most successful broker around, (laughs) right? The most successful brokers are the people that you typically don't like. Yeah. That's fine. Um, as crazy as that sounds, right? 
the most successful top producing agents are usually the agents that you don't like. I think that, that, I mean, not all the time. I agree. I agree. I get what you're saying. And I I agree with that, but I think that that's also um, potential. Like there are leaders um, like in, in our area in Jupiter, there are broker owners and leaders who no questions asked do the right thing and they're wildly successful. And I, I mean, I would argue that I'm successful and I always do the right thing. I've never left money on the table by doing the right thing. Um, I think, I don't know, you're going to be president soon. So <laughs> take my lunch yeah, meeting when I, I bring, I, when I, I bring sold. this to the table. <laughs> Tol- I just sold. think it's so important. <laughs> it, but I think that's, I mean, that's the is. thing with the association. It it's like but creating you, rules and You know, the association can't framework. be a court of law though, right? So no, the association no can't, you know, the association doesn't want to get involved in the dispute between two agents or two I agree. brokers. I agree. Um, Unless it's dealing with a procuring cause, you know, issue or, or there's a code of ethics issue, you know, but you know, if you're putting that back into the code of ethics or you're putting it as an additional arbitration, um, we'd be in arbitration probably every day. I think, I think though that the, um, that a lot of the issues that come from the code of ethics violations are a result of, um, like, like the, the defamation one or the, um, the, how does it go? Um, uh, when, when you disparage an agent, um, that one, I think, there are so many cases I'm sure where it's a former, if it's a former agent from a former brokerage and you know, they've posted something online or, you know, whatever. Like I feel like that the complaint around that has to, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a, a solution to a big pain point for a lot of leaders. Yeah. Um, you know, quite honestly, the ICAs you shouldn't even have to sign them anymore because uh, no one abides by them. Yeah. Um, you know, when you leave, Right. If you're working for me and, and you leave, you know, I'm not going to want you here 60 days. Right. Like you're supposed to give me 60 days notice of my ICA. Yeah. Like you're not going to give me 60 days notice I'm, and certainly not going to keep you around for 60 days. So you can recruit my agents to another brokerage. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th- there are things in there that, you know, certainly have to be worked on, um, you know, but we want to be, you know, someone said to me the other day that, well, real estate industry is a profession. I said, no, it isn't. It can't be a profession. He said, why? I said, well, a profession is something where there's a big barrier of entry where, I don't know, the majority of agents or the majority of those people within that industry are professional and doing business. If 34% of your, of your pool is the only people doing even business. And I would, and I would argue that for, deals a year is not doing business. Yeah, I would really argue that 20 deals a year is, is, is really doing business. So you're talking about probably 10%, you know, maybe 15% of the, uh, of the NER's membership or even 15% of, of Florida realtors. Yeah. So we're not a profession. We're an industry. We're trying to be professional. We want to purport that we're professional, but we're not professional until we up our game. Yeah. We need to up our game. I think, how do you feel about the barrier to entry in Florida? I think it's terrible. I think if you look at Colorado, I think that it's at 120 or 150 hours. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, here it's 60 hours. What do you think the likelihood is of us being able to get that changed? Um, zero. So I, um, we, the question was asked, actually asked at Florida Realtors. Um, and I, I forget, I think it was Trey Goldman that answered this. Um, who's the... Um, yeah. The governor affairs, uh, um, uh, 
he he said I asked uh, Governor DeSantis directly, and he said, absolutely not. He said I'll never be the eliminator of jobs, right? So like, I'm never going to be restrictive, you know, and I'm paraphrasing certainly, but I'm never going to restrict the opportunity to more jobs. And so the barrier of entry would obviously restrict, you know, the, um, the new realtor coming in. So that's the restriction of the job. So you'd have a really, really hard fight. I think um, what's going to happen is the real estate industry is going to shake itself out through these uh, lawsuits. There's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity. Yeah, and um, we're going to go back to the basics and we're going to uh, start showing consumers um, how valuable we really are and that you can't go ahead and and choose, um, you know, uh, an agent that's your friend or your friend's sisters, mothers, whatever, you know, you need to with your, fi- with your largest financial investment. Yeah, no doubt. Love it when that happens. Like whenever <laughs> something gets listed by like a friend, I'm like, all right, well, so we'll be here when you're ready to. <laughs> a few more questions. How, yeah. How's the market? Depends. Are you buying or selling or investing? <laughs> uh, the market's complicated. It's complicated. I, I think that right now that question, you know, like the classic, like, are you buying or selling? Like whatever. The market right now is complicated and it's, um, it's ever changing. And I think that it's, going back to what I said at the very beginning, it is more important than ever to be close to the bone with uh, what's happening in development in South. So I'm talking specifically South Florida, right? Sure. So if yes. you are a home buyer, if you're a seller, if, if whatever, pay attention to what's happening, subscribe to the real deal, subscribe to like any kind of real estate industry, because knowing about development is really, really important. Like what's being approved and what's not. Um, and I think as real estate professionals being dialed in is more important than ever. It is paying attention to the financial news, paying attention to what interest rates are doing is like, I mean, it feels so ridiculous even saying that as like a recommendation of something to do, but it's shocking how many people don't pay attention and how fast things move. So uh, it's crazy. And and one of the reasons um, why um, I got appointed on the Palm Beach County Planning Commission, Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why I accepted that position was because, first of all, knowledge, right? but you want to know what's going on before no it actually doubt. like puts a sign or, and, and you know, someone Dude, you saying that by. in my head, I just went, heck yeah. I have yeah, your number. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's a win for me personally. Yeah, like having people on the end. I mean, it, it matters and it's not that it's not like public record or whatever, but it's like, no, it's, it's, it's televised. It matters. It's yeah. televised. If you want to watch them, you watch them, uh, you know, yeah. the first, I think it's the first Friday of virtually the first Friday of every month. And, and it's televised. I mean, uh, the next one is this Friday. I pay attention to that stuff and the town of Jupiter development stuff, Martin County development stuff. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to it religiously. And it's important if anyone's new listening to this, wanting to be a big, bad real estate agent, I pay attention to that stuff religiously and it has made a difference in my career. Are they boring? Yeah. But are there nuggets in there? Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So college football is coming. I know. Let's go. I'm stoked uh, that you that you went to Alabama. I love a good rivalry, man. I, this, uh, the this third, is be fun. third Saturday of October, <laughs> right? Alabama, Tennessee. Let's go. Um, all right. Last two questions. Hit Ready? Me. What are you uh, currently watching? Um, like a streaming series, movie, um, and what is your favorite all time? I think I asked you this last time, but I can't maybe come up with something was. different. What was my answer? I don't remember. Do you, yeah, no. I think you would remember. <laughs> Uh, what am I watching right now? Um, I just finished Succession. Loved it. Did oh, you watch yeah. that? Oh, I loved it. So loved good. It. Yeah. So good. I right. think that if you work in Boca or Palm Beach, <laughs> there's so much, like there's so many similarities to like, the. I mean, we live, let's be real, like in South Florida, we live total, in a wild environment. Total sheltered society. Like our, our literally, 
our day-to-day life is a reality TV show. It like, really is. It, like, yeah, it, it is. And I, I really think that it's, it's, um, there are a handful of markets across the United States that have the same, the Hamptons is one of them. Right. Um, I would argue that Aspen probably too, but it is just bananas. You never know who's going to be calling you on, like you could have a listing and get a Zillow lead. And by the way, it's like a Murdoch, like it's just right, like the right. craziest thing. Right. Um, I loved the, um, the not loved, I hated it actually, the, the made off uh, documentary, but it was like a must watch. Did you watch that? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. that was, I forced my agents to choke that down. Um, because I think it's important for us to know about how that was really well done. Um, what are I you agree. watching right now? So uh, there's a couple of things that I watch. Um, I, I like documentaries. So, um, I watched the uh, swamp Kings. Um, oh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, so good. Is it? So, and I hate Tebow and I mean, not, I hate, I, I shouldn't, no one can hate Tebow, right? Good old Rocky yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But, you know, I hate the People can this. hate Tebow. Like, he's <laughs> tough, come to man. Knoxville. He's, like, so, like, he's, <laughs> like, <laughs> such a good person and whatever. <laughs> you hate yeah, to see yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I mean, like, where's the skeletons? You know there are. You know who bought uh, in Jupiter? Did you hear Slash yeah, Saban. Yeah, Saban. Yeah, next to Tiger, I heard. Uh, it's Well, yeah, like yeah. on the same, um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. And Messi uh, has been looking in uh, Boca. I know. I've been, who, yeah. what are these realtors doing? They're selling that out. Yeah. Like there is, there are pictures of him looking at homes. It's like, who is it's crazy? Who is selling these to the media? My are God. You nuts. Like the nuts. I mean, I, 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 you know, sanctuary Royal Palm yeah. Yacht club and Stone Creek Ranch is what I, what I, I think heard. Um, one of the things that our area does really well, uh, our local association, I think we do a very good job of protecting the identities of famous people. Like all of us have worked with famous people. Like yep. it, it's part of my niche, but it's everybody here has had some kind of encounter. And I think we do a really good job of, um, of protecting that type and of you thing. Should. And, and, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, it's, it should be a lock and under lock and key, yeah. but yeah, so Swamp Kings was really good. Um, I think there's a few others that I'm missing. Like I, I, I love Ted Lasso. So that's like my yeah. thing. Um, what do you think about the, um, what, <laughs> flipping the script on you here. Yeah. Um, what are you doing right now with AI? So um, AI is so important right now. Um, if you're not using like chat GPT and, and, and um, you know, and trying to understand how it works because your prompts going, you know, putting a prompt in and saying, you know, more concise or putting a prompt in, you know, and, and, and trying to understand how AI works, mm-hmm. um, you know, is pretty important, right? Um, I am not a big user of AI right now. Um, I know that, uh, I will sort of an early adopter, but, um, I have to understand it more, you know, normal things, right. Listing descriptions and stuff like that. But I think where you really want to use it is creating your systems, especially if you're a new agent, you know, I'm asking it to create, uh, you know, a buyer brokerage checklist, you know, for the, you know, um, a 10 step program or a, or you want to create a marketing plan. What should I post on social media on uh, LinkedIn on a Wednesday? You know, um, why, you know, they will tell you and they'll basically tell you Wednesdays, you want this Thursdays, you want this Mondays, you want this. So I think creating systems and working with it is pretty good. I think you have to worry about the embellishment and exaggeration of some of the AI and I think as agents, we have to make sure that um, there's some disclosures involved that uh, that people understand. Last thing the AI is going to be working on, and, and you know, from a um, as MOS is around the country, 
there's going to be a time when AI is going to be integrated into the MOS where people, you as an agent, will put in the photos and it will label the photos. It will caption the photos. It will create the description based on the photos that you had. You know, beautiful 42-inch, you know, um, uh, hardwood, you know, raised panel cabinets with, you know, uh, quartz countertops and stainless steel sink. It's going to do that, and it's it's going to be probably sooner than later. I think that that's the biggest opportunity that we have with um with AI. Uh, a lot of people that can I say this all the time. AI and ChatGPT are like two different things. ChatGPT yep. leverages AI, right? And um, I think that our industry is. I love that answer from you, especially in your leadership position, because uh, AI is only going to help us get back to the things that we love about real estate to begin with. Right. Like, uh, I mean, I actually enjoy writing listing descriptions, full disclosure. I so do. do I. I but, like them too. Yeah. But putting a listing into the MLS and like, and, um, and, you know, feeding the beasts of social media platforms with the content optimized for, I mean, it's annoying. Like having to do that is really, really, really annoying. Mm-hmm. And does that make us money? Yeah. On the long term, you know, because being on the internet matters. Um, but in, in the hour that it takes us to do those things, if we can go and have lunch with someone like that's going to make us 10 times more money. Building new relationships. Yeah, no doubt. When do you take over? At, um, um, January 1st. That's exciting. It is. Um, I have, <laughs> I have thoroughly, we were, we were talking about this before we started recording, recording. I am so impressed with our world's podcast and like what they're doing. Uh, our world with, talk. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. It's so Good. I listen yeah. to it religiously. And I'm Chris bummed. Does I missed your job. It's funny. I, I've been going backwards, yeah. like when I can, and so I haven't hit your episode yet. <laughs> I think mine was the most edited one. <laughs> <laughs> the building got basically struck by lightning yeah, when yeah. when I was oh, recording. Yeah, yeah. Did no, you know that? Yeah, Chris told me. Yeah, 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 we were in the middle of recording, and yeah. it was like lights went out. Like, <laughs> how often in Florida do the lights go out? Like, I feel like oh, we don't funny. do that anymore. Well, anyway. thank you so much. I appreciate. it. Where can we find you? Yeah, it was good. Good talking to you. Um, uh, I don't know. Holly Murray is <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> All the platforms. When are you going to have a podcast? I need one. Uh, you do I need, need one. one. This inspired you totally me. Need one. You I know. Totally need one. I know. Will you be my guest? But, absolutely. And by the way, there's one in Palm Beach Gardens, Pod Populi. I Palm know. Palm Beach Gardens. Billy Nash does it. Is, uh, oh, he does this there? Yeah. Have you been on his? Yeah, I have not yet. Oh, no. got it. Yeah. This setup is cool. It's yeah, um, Billy I, Nash has been on mine, though. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, this setup is, is really cool. I think it's yeah. really smart to not be doing this on Facebook live anymore. Yep. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, keeping your content as ag- as platform agnostic as possible is the most important thing, I think, yep. for uh, for real estate agents. It's funny. You and I just spent however long talking about insurance and NAR. <laughs> like, there's so oh, many sexier that. things to talk about. <laughs> <Insurance>. <laughs> like platform agnostics. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you very much. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. Appreciate you.